Talk Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Journal. A very big show we have for you today. I think we may do a Twitter space. Definitely be opening up the phone calls. We have a lot to talk about in a variety of different topics. Big stories breaking around the world. Let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 28th of February, 2024. Our first story is this. Google Parent loses $70 billion in market value after woke AI chatbot disaster. Yes, Alphabet, Google's parent company, lost more than $70 billion in market value in a single trading day after its woke chatbot's bizarre image debacle stoked renewed fears among investors about its heavily promoted AI tool. Shares of Alphabet sank about about 4.4% to close at 138.75 in the week's first day of trading on Monday. Google's parent stock moved slightly higher in pre-market trading On Tuesday, the massive hit came after Google was forced to pause its Gemini chatbot's image creation tool, which was turning out factually and historically inaccurate images such as black Vikings, female NHS players, diverse versions of Americans' founding fathers, and even an Asian woman dressed in Nazi-era German soldier's uniform. Now, we'll get back into this in just a little bit. It's just kind of bizarre since obviously these changes, these AI mistakes are clearly in line with ESG, so why this shouldn't bump their stock since that apparently is more important than making money to investors around the world. It's all very confusing. But again, we'll get into some announcements being made, some subpoenas being sent. Google is, uh, well, they're not having a good time, so we'll get back into that later. But again, it's like, they're like, we are working around the clock to fix our chatbot. To fix the image creation tool, which is hilarious because we've described this and we know from the way this works is that when you enter in a prompt, it is then filtered through a language model which injects the things that are different about the images. So if you say founding fathers, it goes in and injects the word black. It was done on purpose by design. You could just delete that part of the code. It doesn't seem like you'd have to work around the clock to simply remove something that you put in there on purpose. But hey. What do I know? I'm not a, uh, an anti-white software programmer, so maybe it is more complicated. Meanwhile, the Army is cutting its force by 24,000 people in a major, what they're calling a restructuring. The U.S. Army is cutting its force by around 24,000 positions. That's nearly 5% in a restructuring effort. It says will help prepare, to, pre- pre- <clears throat> excuse me, prepare it to fight in future wars as it struggles to recruit soldiers. Something says preparing to fight future wars like downsizing substantially. Nothing fills me with confidence in the looming threat of World War III like knowing that our army has deliberately purged itself of a large portion of its more patriotic and free-thinking members uh, through COVID. And we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Meanwhile, U.S. nuclear weapons plant says open as normal after wildfire closures. So a nuclear weapons plant in the U.S. state of Texas said it would be open as usual Wednesday after pausing operations due to wildfires in the area. Massive wildfires in Texas forced the closure of the Pantex plant located 21 miles from Amarillo. It had halted operations and was constructing a fire barrier to protect its facilities 
which once again, we remind you, eat the bugs. Eat the bugs. Stop breathing. Don't have children. Because obviously this is climate change. We also have this from Texas. Attorney General Ken Paxton wins case challenging $1.7 trillion federal funding bill passed unconstitutionally with less than half of the U.S. Congress physically president. Uh, physically present, rather. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton secured a major victory in defense of the United States Constitution in a court ruling that the more than $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package was unlawfully passed in the U.S. But that's just the way we do things now. It's an emergency, after all. We can't be restricted by the Constitution. Finally, we have results from the Michigan primary. Trump swept the race while Biden actually lost to indetermined. Yeah, we'll get into that on the other side. Stay with us, folks. That's your Daily Dispatch brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. It's Wednesday, February 28th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to right, Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to start the show off today with politics. Talking about the primary race in Michigan. Some, some interesting results there. I realized I... I got it a little bit wrong. So the story from BBC is Joe Biden wins Michigan primary despite sizable Gaza protest vote. So he won 80 percent of the vote, but uncommitted exceeded expectations with 13 percent. However, he did actually lose to uncommitted in Dearborn, Michigan, by over a thousand votes. That's headline from Newsweek. Joe Biden loses to uncommitted in Dearborn, Michigan, by over a thousand votes. Of course, as the. Crew points out lots of Muslims in Dearborn. And they voted uncommitted over President Joe Biden to register their objections of his handling of Israel's war in Gaza. We do have some updates to the war in Gaza, and we'll get to in just a second. But you know us. It's it's early. People are just waking up, getting their first cup of coffee. So we like to start the show on a on a lighter note. Usually our Comedic fodder is provided by the president of the United States trying to pronounce an English word. This time we have something a little bit different. It's an Italian TV show making fun of Joe Biden trying to do normal human things. And this clip actually or the the original skit came out about a week ago. We never played it and they since have made a second one. So let's go first to clip number two here. Italian TV mocking the president of the United States. Let's watch. Buonasera, Presidente Biden. Presidente. <laughs> he goes right past the- Good evening, Mr. Pre- no, president. Uh, Biden. President. Here we are, President. President. Uh, president Biden. Here? Yes, yes. Good evening. Buonasera. Yes. Yes. Eh? I said to the president of Israel, sì. Mikhail Gorbachev. No, no, non è Gorbachev, non è Gorbachev, il presidente dell'Israele, no, no. Sorry, Michael Jordan. No, 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 no. When he went to the moon. Quando è andato sulla luna. And he was shot from Dallas. Ma non hanno sparato a lui a Dallas, quello è Kennedy. No, sia fermo, fermo, presidente. 
residente. Long shot from Dallas the moon. Si, si sta confondendo con Kennedy. Uh, 14 sì. millions. Sì. Eh? Me, Myers, Ford, Ford. Vabbè, ma, uh, non è, ma non è lui, Presidente, to, uh, Mr. President. His wife La moglie? Tried to bring him no, ma quello è Kennedy. Into è the sto... cabriolet, do you... No, no, sta yeah. facendo confusione, Presidente, yes. sta facendo confusione, evidente. Sorry, eh? sì. It was on the moon. Non è andato sulla It was moon. Mars. No. Mars no. attack. Ma che Mars attack? No. Beautiful no. film. Eh? Where Netanyahu sang. No, ma Netanyahu, no. Netanyahu è, è, è il presidente Non cantava. Over. Over. E vuole the garage. No, the rainbow era. Vabbè. Is opened by this. Cosa fa? Dove va, presidente? Cosa fa? Presidente? Mr. President. No. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> stay, stay, stay quiet. Ecco. Ok, ok. No, no, no. Please, please, please. Cosa sta dicendo? Cosa sta facendo? È la valigetta dei codici atomici quella. No, no. no. Lei non sta bene. No. No. <ride> Gli hanno fatto grosso, forse. No, ma non sono le pillole, non, è, non sono no, le pillole. No, 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 no. Uh, story on InfoWars Watch Italian TV brutally mocks Sleepy Joe Biden's cog- cognitive design uh, decline. Well, <clears throat> I sort of underplayed it. I mean, you should literally line that up with other Biden in reality, just failing to speak coherently about anything at all. It really makes you wonder what is going through the minds of translators when they have like international meetings and Biden is um mumbling incoherently what how are they translating that what what that what's that job like i wonder so that was the first one that came out last week they have uh, it was extremely popular obviously because of its on the nose satirical parody uh, uh character it's it's just it's too good it's too appropriate it's sort of sort of too easy almost to make fun of biden because you literally just have to just have to do what he does. It's like you don't even have to pretend or come up with anything. Let's go now to clip number four. Here's uh, the, the highly requested follow-up skit from the Italian TV show. Buonasera. Presidente Biden. Oh, Presidente Biden. President, Mr. President. It's okay. Are you okay, President? Okay. Tutto a posto. Welcome, benvenuti, no, di nuovo, mamma mia, Mr. President, ecco, ok, it's ok, si sente bene, sì, sì, thank you, thank you, mamma mia, thank you very much, feel good, you are welcome, buonasera, dove va, Mr. President, oh mamma mia, no, non arriva la metropolitana perché non è la metro, it's not the subway, non è la metropolitana qui, no, 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 what's your name? Con chi parla? Eh, Mr. President. Eh. My name is Joe Kennedy. No, Biden, lei è Biden. <ride> Biden. Ma con chi parla? Oh, certo, prego. Ecco, se riesce, eh, if, you, if you can. No, 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 no. Sta girando su. No, no, Mr. President, no, not turn. No, no, you have to. No, my name is no, Joe la gi- Kennedy. <ride> L'ha già salutato. He's trying to shake hands with the podium now. <ride> Again, it's. Uh... 
Not a joke. Not a joke. Very funny, though. Of course, we don't really need Italian skit shows to to mock and and parody and satirize Biden because we've got one of the funniest men in the world as our presidential candidate. Let's go now to clip number three. Here's Trump mocking Biden, too. You know, when I imitate Biden because he can't find his way off the stage, as you all know, he makes a speech that lasts usually about a minute and a half because the octane starts to wear off at a point. You ever notice he starts off strong within about two minutes, he can't talk anymore. And then he walks off. You ever notice he always goes like this? (laughs) (laughs) Then he comes back up to the mic and he's looking, he's totally lost. There's stairs all over the place. He can go there, there, here. He could jump off the front of the damn plot. But he always, he always goes like this. <laughs> just imagine, just imagine how broken as a human being you'd have to be to watch that and not think it's funny because you know you know when people who hate trump are watching that they're just like i can't believe this uncouth individual people like him so much he's a nuts it's just like imagine imagine having a having a cold dead brick of coal for a heart not being able to see what we all see which is we could have a president that is both incredibly skilled, completely uncorrupt, and hilarious to boot. But instead, all of these poisoned people with their poisoned hearts can't see through. See the joy that we all see. It's very sad. It's a very sad thing we have to deal with. We'll get into the actual politics of this in, in just a second. But since we're on the roll, since we're on a roll here, since we've had three funny videos, let's go ahead with the fourth one. This is clip number 14, a skit by a guy called Advice from Lewis at Advice from Lewis on X and Instagram. Uh, this is just a little, a little peek behind the curtain with the, the powers that be, the discussions they have as they find their grip slipping and humanity awakening to their evil designs. Let's watch. People are coming back to their consciousness, sir. Did you poison the food supply? Yes, sir. There's no mineral left in the soil. Are you feeding them negativity on the news? Yes, sir. War and death. Social media. Yes, sir. Gender war. Damn. Racism. It's not enough. They keep coming back. What do we do? We need to lower their immune systems. I thought we did that already with the virus, sir. What else can we do? More poison. We'll put more poison in the crop field. We used all the we'll poison. poison the animals. The animals. And then tell them to eat the animals. This is why you're our leader, sir. Yeah. Put the poison in the yeah. animals. Train yeah. doctors. To not address the cause. I see where you're going. But only the, the symptom. symptom. So, so they'll, they'll get, get treated, treated forever, forever and eventually, eventually die. die. And we still get, get the, the money. Sir, what about the people that have found cures for these diseases and are trying to help other people cure these we'll diseases? We'll make it punishable by law to say you can cure disease. What about the people that know the truth about COVID? Punishable by law to spread misinformation about COVID. But sir, that's free speech. We can't pass a law we'll like pay that. pay social media to take down people that you can say the words. Pretty brilliant stuff. Uh, Again, advice from Lewis. 
on X and uh, and Instagram. And I really see this along some other stuff we're going to cover today. I, I sort of get a, a similar feeling that I got right after Trump won the election in 2016, where it was like, you know, I, I joined Infowars in February of 2017 because the way I saw things going was like, okay, Trump's in, in office now. This is the beachhead. Now it's time to start working. Now it's time to, to double down and, and take advantage of this and take this victory that we've won and, and maximize on it, right? This is like the landing at Normandy. Now we have the beachhead. Now we have the position on the continent from which we expand and excel and drive forward on our offensive, Seems like a lot of other people thought, okay, we got Trump in office now. Now we can relax. Now we can trust the plan, you guys. We just trust the plan and sit back and let the white hats take care of it. And uh, yeah, how'd that work out for everybody? How'd that work out? Schemes that they've run. So they, they also recognize how Trump could be that person. And I really wish he would go harder on some of these things, in particular with Israel, because as we'll get to, uh, Biden losing massive support because of his failure in israel and it wouldn't even mean that trump has to come out going it's a genocide in gaza it's a genocide we'll make these israelis pay he doesn't have to go that far but everybody recognizes that the reason israel is able to continue what it's doing in gaza is because of the sheer weakness and incompetency of biden and his and his administration after all the administration as much as i hate to admit it has sort of had the only appropriate response to what's going on in Gaza because the conversation with Israel and Gaza now has a very strange extremist divide where one side says, this is genocide, this is sickeningly evil, you have to stop immediately and give Palestine a state and whatever. And of course, even farther than that, you've got people on the left mostly calling for the eradication of Israel from the river to the sea, all this sort of stuff. And then on the other side, you've got people that are just like, yes, kill all of the children, kill them faster, kill their parents, kill them all, burn them down. I love it, which is very weird. So the only really appropriate response, I think, is strangely, the Biden administration says it. Of course, they're completely incapable of carrying it out. But it's like, like I, I, don't, it, I was just thinking about this because it's weird to me. That I've never had a conversation, really. I had one with a, with a friend of mine about Israel and Gaza. But it's like, can't you just say, like, yeah, it's really bad. What's that? Like, I don't like the killing all the kids. I don't like the 30,000 innocent civilians being killed. I get it. Israel's got to do something. But they could do something else. It's like you're not allowed to have any nuance or, like, I get Israel needs to defend itself, but they shouldn't be bombing all the kids. It's like you either have to be fully in favor of saturation, bombing, eradication, forcible removal, treating Gazans like animals, or you're on the opposite side. Whereas in reality, the best thing would be, look, Israel, we know you've got security concerns, but there are other ways of doing it. There are other ways of approaching this. And if you can't deal with these security problems without killing 10,000 children, ah, you gotta, it doesn't matter. You got to stop. You got you to find a different way. There are different ways to do this. So at least the Biden administration has outwardly said over and over again, they're calling for a ceasefire. They're calling for a, a slowdown, a, a pause. They, they condemn some of the things that Israel's doing, some of the more egregious actions. 
but they completely fail in every front and then veto you in resolution that would say the same thing. So, again, whether that's just projecting publicly something they don't actually believe and, you know, their actions sort of bear that out as we are continuing to unquestioningly support Israel or whether it's just because of the sheer weakness and incompetence of the Biden administration as they really do want to cease fire and just can't get it done. Regardless, I think this is an opportunity and I hope Trump sees this. I mean, Trump's very interested in polls. He's very interested in the outcomes of elections. So I hope he sees what happens in Michigan, sees that what's happening in Gaza and Israel is a major weakness of not just Biden, but the entire Democratic Party. And he could be the antithesis of that, saying, look at these weak people. They keep telling Israel to, to stop and Israel just ignores them. They won't ignore me. I'm Trump. I'll make Israel stop doing what they're doing. He's not saying that for sort of obvious reasons he's it depends heavily on on you know apac and and israeli funds it's very unfortunate because again it's a missed opportunity we are at this moment missing an opportunity to steal large portions of the democratic voter base by not supporting things that the uniparty agrees on like supporting war in israel or iran or ukraine or as as uh, we saw from this guy uh, advice from Lewis going going even harder against the globalist schemes that everybody gets are real now. They're not conspiracy theories. Everybody understands that. Thanks in large part to the trailblazing bravery of Alex Jones and everybody else at Infowars, normalizing discussions of topics like poison in the food supplies or depleted soil or all these other things that are rapidly becoming mainstream topics so in michigan joe biden did win the primary despite a sizable gaza protest vote president joe biden is projected to win the presidential primary uh, democratic primary in um, michigan comfortably despite a significant protest vote over strong u.s support for israel in the war in gaza mr biden won 80 percent of the vote according to projections but the uncommitted exceeded expectations with 13 percent his campaign will pay close attention to see if the results of the key swing state will spread nationwide. Many voters have been angered by the U.S. stance on the Israel-Hamas conflict. Activists from the, groups, from the group Listen to Michigan hailed the size of the uncommitted vote, more than 100,000, as a victory. People were in tears as the organization's watch party as tallies were periodically updated. So, yeah, I believe um, they were expecting like 10,000 or so, which would be a sizable protest vote in and of itself, but ended up getting 10 times that amount with over 100,000 rejecting Joe Biden and voting for uncommitted. In Dearborn, Michigan, Joe Biden actually lost to uncommitted. Story from Newsweek. Joe Biden loses to uncommitted in Dearborn, Michigan by over 1,000 votes. A majority of Democratic residential primary voters in Dearborn, Michigan voted uncommitted over President Joe Biden to register their objections to his handling of Israel's war with Gaza. Biden and former President Donald Trump won the Michigan primaries on Tuesday, further cementing the chance of a rematch between the two in general in the November general election. But results from Dearborn send a message about one of Biden's biggest vulnerabilities ahead of November's voting. With 47 out of the city's 48 precincts reporting results, the uncommitted vote in Dearborn was 56 percent, while Biden had received only 40 percent, according to results posted by the city clerk's website. The difference was more than 1,700 votes. So I really hope Trump is paying attention to what, again, they call Biden's biggest vulnerability. Should that not be the area that you attack the biggest chink in the armor? Many people, including Mr. Biden's own party, want the president to take a much stronger stance against Israel's military campaign. But see, he's sort of in a 
he's sort of in a between a rock and a hard place because if he doesn't go more strongly against Israel's genocide in Gaza, obviously a lot of Democratic voters aren't happy with that. If he does go a lot harder, what he knows is that it doesn't matter because they're not going to listen to you anyway. So if you come out and go, I'm going to demand, I'm going to force, I'm going to make sure Israel stops this war in Gaza, and then Israel just goes, no, you're not, and just keeps going, and then we send him a billion dollars, sort of makes you look weaker than if you didn't do that. So unless they want to actually withdraw military support, which, let's be honest, we've seen the way that they're planning to deal with the Trump presidency come 2024. We've seen the way that they dealt with the Trump presidency after January 6th. There's a high probability that should Joe Biden order the military to withdraw support of Israel and, and you know, withdraw air carriers, uh, aircraft carriers from the coast, uh, the military might just ignore him. They might just just keep doing it anyway, because apparently our military is uh, no longer under the control of elected representatives and is fully in the hands of the unelected deep state. Meanwhile, Trump did sweep his victory. Former President Biden, uh, former President Trump scored a major victory in Michigan's Republican primary, trouncing his nearest rival, Nikki Haley, in yet another contest. The race marks the fifth state taken by Trump, who has notched several easy wins over a shrinking GOP field. With around 50% of the ballots counted Tuesday night, he'd received more than 67% of the vote, defeating uh, Haley's 27% in a total and complete landslide. Now, I wanted Nikki Haley to drop out. Now I think it's funny. Now I think she should stay in and see how low that number can go. It's kind of hilarious having Trump run against somebody with absolutely no hope. She campaigns fruitlessly in a futile attempt to unseat the most popular candidate in my lifetime. Stay with us. We'll move on to uh, AI, trans, Ukraine. Lots of topics to come. 29 years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate. And we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methyl folate with high quality organic complex this stuff is rocket fuel it's not a stimulant it energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it it's so insane it's foundational energy the strongest formula out there at infowarsstore.com it doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants it energizes you get foundational energy now infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot of uh, videos to get to. stories to cover as well about the deliberate collapse of our country pretty much pretty much that's what's going on so it's it's nice to see the democrats struggling electorally 
hoisted by their own petard. Because obviously they they are responsible for the sizable populations of migra- of uh, Muslims in places like Dearborn that are now not voting for them like they're supposed to. But we could have we told you that. But let's get into, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, there, there really is so much. Well, we'll continue with the uh, political stuff here for just a second. But just put it in context. And, you know, it's nice to see them failing electorally because of what's going on in Israel and Gaza. Uh, but it, it, it'd be nice to see them fail a hell of a lot harder for all of the other crap they're doing to America. It's, uh, it's inexplicable to me how you can keep voting for policies that are obviously terrible in every possible regard. But it, it doesn't stop. So now we have headlines like this. It's been 30 years since food ate up this much of your income. The last time Americans spent this much of their money on food, George H.W. Bush was in office, Terminator 2 Judgment Day was in theaters, and CNC Music Factory was rocking the billboard charts. Sources, uh, Wall Street Journal, where you can see this chart of food spending share of disposable income. And all the way back in 1990, it was uh, up over 11%, but it dropped fairly steadily all the way to the 2000s. We had a slight bump, but really just a stabilization through the 2010s. Slight hike moving towards the 2020s, about midway. A major drop into 2020. And then there's this. And then there's this massive spike, this huge, giant spike that, of course, is caused by a variety of issues, but all of them the consequence of democratic policy, all of them. So part of it is obviously the economic shutdown for COVID, which was, of course, pushed almost exclusively by the Democrats. As the supply chains failed, food prices went through the roof, but it also has to do with the just overall inflation that's been allowed uh, to happen. And, of course, you'll see this spike uh, begins in 2020, but hasn't stopped yet and continues to rise. So these are these are real issues affecting people in their personal lives, consequence of democratic governance. So, so why are you still voting for them, I wonder? It's gotten so bad that the Kellogg CEO is now celebrating more families under pressure by inflation resorting to eating cereal for dinner. Kellogg CEO Gary Pilnick was happy to report that more families are resorting to eating cereal for dinner in the face of economic pressure from inflation. Especially concerning since we know that most mass-produced cereals in this country now have Cormaquat, the estrogen mimicker puberty blocker that is apparently allowed to be sprayed all over our wheat products. Pilnick joined CNBC last week to describe his satisfaction with emerging reports that families are now turning to breakfast cereal at dinner time to cope with rising inflation. So I guess that's uh, it's just a modern manifestation of let them eat cake. Sir, people can't afford to eat dinner. Let them eat cereal. Wonderful. Nothing says a nothing says a healthy society like people eating Lucky Charms out of necessity instead of meat and vegetables. Really interesting stuff. 
again, you would think that the relentless failure of democratic policy in every possible front, be it a, cl- a crime or the economy or industry, letting you afford food or the war in Gaza, how are more people not rejecting what are just obviously bad policies? I don't know. I don't get it. But hey, I'll take I'll take their losses when we can when we can get them. And in this case, it's primarily based on their stance on Israel. From the National Pulse, you're losing progressives. Far left leader warns as Biden campaign panics over Palestine. Uh, Ro Khanna, representative from California, supposed whisperer for the far American left, has warned President Joe Biden that his continued support of Israel and its war with Hamas is costing him the progressive vote. Khanna revealed the conversation, which took place when he was campaigning with the president in South Carolina in an interview with Politico about the Biden campaign's desperate attempts at damage control with Michigan's, Michigan's Arab and Muslim community ahead of Tuesday's primary. I said, you're losing progressives. You need to change, Kana said. He said, Roe, I hear you. I understand. I understand that people are upset, but I'm pushing Bibi Netanyahu. I'm just, I'm just very weak. I'm just a weak man, you understand. I'm just a weak man. I can't. I'm just the president of the United States. I'm doing everything I possibly can. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just the executive of the world's foremost superpower what am i supposed to do <laughs> he's writing a 14 billion dollar check to israel i'm tr- i'm really trying hard send that to bb i just i'm pushing so hard again i see a lot of opportunity here i see a lot of opportunity to break away from the two-party system which means breaking away from the topics that the uniparty agrees on which are exclusively things that screw over the american people and cause mass, mass death around the world. Trump is the antithesis of the Uniparty. It's obvious. Nikki Haley is still being run by the RNC as an attempt to unseat their own candidate, their own incredibly popular candidate. They don't want him there. But again, you know, can he even can Trump what can Trump appeal to the Muslims in Michigan by saying, you know, Israel ignores Biden, they won't ignore me. When Biden calls for a ceasefire, they laugh in his face. They won't laugh in my face. I think it would be effective if they are one policy voters, if this is the only thing that they care about and, and it sort of overwhelms all of their other concerns. Perhaps they may be swayed by something like that because it is true. If Trump wanted a ceasefire, he'd get it. I don't know if he does, though. But then again, with all of the, uh, you know, holdover mind control from 2016 i i don't know i don't know if muslims will uh will vote for trump no matter what he pushes but there's a lot of it's not just israel right it's the lgbt stuff muslims in michigan are the ones spearheading the effort to get that stuff out of schools so it's like okay we agree on the trans stuff personally we agree on the israel stuff like we agree on family values we, we agree on a lot of things especially you know, a lot of Muslims, small business owners, they're getting screwed over by high taxes and all sorts of other things that the left brings about. We know legal immigrants are like the most vociferously anti-illegal immigrant because they actually went through the process and did it correctly and don't like seeing people skip the line. There's a lot of places where I think traditional democratic strongholds could be cracked and, and brought over to a party that simply didn't fulfill all of the worst stereotypes as soon as things like Israel get involved. 
So the Uniparty agrees on the war in Ukraine. They agree on the war in Israel. They agree on all of the things that are dispossessing and destroying us. So it'd be nice if we could all come together and oppose the two-party system, oppose the Uniparty things that we all despise, come together under somebody like Donald Trump, who clearly the Uniparty is doing everything they possibly can to unseat and destroy. Over 100,000 Michigan voters choose uncommitted over Joe Biden in Democratic primary. Message to Trump. Warning to Trump. Send up the searchlights. Trump, you got 100,000 Michigan voters who really want another option. It could be you. You don't have to go against Israel. I know you're not going to. But you could at least point out what a failure Biden is in trying to get Israel to change their ways and failing embarrassingly. At least for the honor of America, we should probably be able to tell Israel what to do. We are the superpower, and they're tiny. Let's push them around. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard how amazing turmeric is for inflammation, for your joints, your bones, your blood, your organs, your mind, everything. Well, we have Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula with 95% curcuminoid extract. No one that we know of has it even above 85%. This is the strongest formula on the market, and it's way lower price than some of the top brands out there that are 75%, 80% humanoid. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula is amazing. You're missing out if you don't try it. It's discounted right now, 40% off InfoWarsTore.com, and it funds the InfoWar, a total 360 win. You owe it to yourself to try Bodies. I know you'll be amazed. Get yours right now at InfoWarsTore.com or call toll-free 888-253-3139. Bodies, 95% humanoid extract will absolutely blow you away. All you got to do is try it. Get yours now. Infowarsstore.com. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, obviously, the last few days have been uh, a, a been a lot of discussion about the murder of Lakin Riley, young young woman from Georgia, college student, training to be a nurse who was out jogging. She was kidnapped and murdered by an illegal immigrant. And we've seen a lot of Democrats saying, "Don't politicize this. You shouldn't politicize this. This you're you're 
taking advantage of it's like well you know we're pointing out what we warned you about we're pointing out the consequences of your policies in a desperate attempt to change the policies you know politicizing a death politicizing an attack is when you take something that is totally unpolitical and you inject politics into it you were not injecting politics into this it's there from the outset because it wouldn't have happened without the policies that we're arguing about. So when we say we shouldn't let in illegal immigrants because some of them are murderers and rapists and we don't want them in our country, and then they murder and rape in our country, that's a direct correlation, direct causation. We say we don't want this policy. You say we do. You get your way. Innocent people pay with their lives. We point that out. It's not politicizing anything. It's pointing out the outcome of your politics. They seem to be confused by this. But it's going to get increasingly difficult for them to take this stance. And I was, I was kind of shocked. I don't know if this is because people are just reporting on it now. But this morning, I mean, it's like the entire InfoWars scroller at the top of InfoWars.com was migrant crimes, crimes committed against American people. Not just young women, but babies, two-year-olds are some of the victims. And there was like four or five stories today. So I don't know if this is – there's always four or five or if today was a – was it a Mexican holiday? I don't know. Was there something special about it? I don't know. But Eliza Schaefer put together this daunting uh, collage here. At Eliza Schaefer on Twitter, at what point is it acceptable to take a country back by force? No Fed posting. With this collection of headlines, in, uh, New York City launches a $53 million program to hand out prepaid credit cards to migrant families. Army Vet 94 kicked out of nursing home to make room for migrants. Seventh migrant bust in vicious, busted in vicious on-camera gang beating of New York Times, uh, New York Police Department cops in Times Square. Half of U.S. governors side with Texas border dispute with Biden, saying Prez is leaving the country vulnerable to illegal immigration. New York officers fed up with Alvin Bragg after Manhattan DA lets cop beating migrants go without bail. They then fled the state and are going without punishment. Revealed brutally violent Venezuelan gang is using migrant wave to launch a New York City phone robbery spree. So these are all just in New York City. Texas illegal immigrant indicted on capital murder charge and cheerleaders beating, stabbing death. Undocumented immigrants will qualify for free health care in California starting on January 1st. Thousands of migrants in New York are quietly collecting welfare through a Hochul rule change. Migrants brawl with boxing gloves and fight club near New York shelter with onlookers egging them on. Migrant security guards paid up to $90 an hour as New York City taxpayers are fleeced by no-bid contracts, rushed out of City Hall, audit reveals, paying literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a day to hotels to house their imported pets. Amazon driver fins off attack from drunk, naked New York migrant and ends up in cuffs, right? So defend yourself from the, from the naked foreigner and you'll be the one punished by our justice system while they're let off handyman turned squatter hunter outlines nightmare scenario when migrants catch on to housing laws this is a bit is a big issue right we've covered the story of neighborhoods in atlanta having thousand literally over a thousand houses occupied by squatters 
Well, what happens when the migrants realize that, hey, if we just find an empty house and set up shop there, they can't kick us out. And we've covered how that happens on this show many times. Migrant suspect in Lakin Riley murder accused of seriously disfiguring nursing student as affidavit reveals grim details in case. Yeah, some of the details coming out. He was literally spotted carrying like bags of bloody clothes. Just horrifying. Venezuelan migrant uh, migrant charged with raping young teen in Virginia lacks Canadian visa requirements, fuel migrant surge into U.S. from the north. So there's a big opportunity for them. San Diego Migrant Center to close after influx of asylum seekers drains funds. They're set to release thousands a day at this point. More migrant, more Chinese migrants are now crossing the San Diego border than Mexican nationals. So just full on invasion of tens of thousands of Chinese migrants surging across the southern border to take advantage of our open border policy to plant operatives within our borders. New York City migrant families could make up to 15000 per year under controversial $53 million prepaid credit card program. So remember, free health care, free money, free place to stay, seemingly immune to prosecution as they're let out without bail after doing things that would see any American citizen locked up for years. Is it all becoming clear just who the priority of the American government seems to be? Two Randall's Island migrant shelter residents arrested for assaulting security guard. New York City migrants busted in $5,300 shoplifting spree after trafficking st- traffic stop also turns, in, turns up drugs. So just importing literally millions of criminals into our country. Thank you, Democrats. What would we do without you? other than just have a nice life of normalcy and prosperity and, and peace. You think about the problems that we actually have, wildfires, getting out of control, shutting down nuclear weapon plants. Like, that's a, that's a real issue. It's not climate change. That's the fake issue that they'll, they politicize the brush fire. That's what politicization is. You take something like a brush fire and say, oh, this is because climate change and climate change is because humans breathing. And so we have to depopulate the earth because a fire. That's called politicizing an event. That's what they do with climate change. But, hey, when you've got wildfires and uh, weather emergencies and, you know, poison in the food and water, these are actual things that the government could actually take care of if they weren't constantly trying to scramble to deal with the manufactured problems created whole cloth by the terrible, deliberately destructive policies of the Democrats. Elon Musk points this out. Dams are bursting all over the country. America is only 4% of the Earth's population. If only 1% of the rest of the Earth moves here, it would crush all essential services. I'm ringing the alarm bell because the flood of illegals is crushing the country. This having to do with that San Diego shelter with Senator Butler from California asking the Biden administration for more FEMA taxpayer money to provide more shelter beds in San Diego after the County migrant shelter there ran out of funding. She says 800 to 1,000 migrants per day will be mass released there without intervention. FEMA, the emergency funds, like this is, this is the crazy thing. We've got, we've got these emergency funds and emergency institutions there to deal with, you know, actual emergencies. But the emergency that they're dealing with now is created by the government itself. So they're robbing you solve the problem that they're causing and we can't put a stop to this i don't understand i don't understand so here are the stories from today these are all different venezuelan migrant who entered the u.s illegally charged with raping a teen girl in virginia venezuelan migrant 
in the U.S. illegally after being stopped, then released at the border five months ago, has now been charged in Virginia with sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl, Renzo Mendoza Montez. Sorry, young lady, your innocence and and safety for the rest of your life and uh, physical and mental capacity, it's it's a sacrifice. It's a necessary sacrifice we have to make uh, because tacos, I think, I think it's because tacos. I'm not, I'm still sort of confused as to what the benefit is we get from the uh, migrant rapist, but I think it's tacos. So sorry you got raped at 14 by a Venezuelan dude that Joe Biden invited into the country and released on purpose. But, uh, but if you had tacos, small price to pay. We are, it's a sacrifice we are willing to make a 14-year-old being raped. Salvadorian illegal uh, order, uh, illegal ordered deported in 2022 has now been arrested for the murder of a two-year-old in Maryland's sanctuary, sanctuary County. An illegal alien who was ordered deported in 2022 is the fifth suspect arrested in the shooting death of a toddler in Maryland, a sanctuary county for illegal immigrants. The horrifying incident unfold, unfolded, unfolded on February 8th in Langley Park, located in Prince George's County in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Rival groups opened fired on one another and stray rounds struck a woman and her two-year-old son who were walking nearby. Oh, and look at that face. Look at that face. Isn't this, this is the type of new American we need? Little child killing, child raping criminals caught, could have been dealt with, but instead they were released on purpose to murder and rape your family. So small, small sacrifice to make. Uh, did I mention the tacos? We do have tacos now. Hey, let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking and it? I, about four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines and they didn't have the same effect. But, so X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out. Welcome back, folks. Second hour is on here at the American Journal. You're listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. We're actually going to open up the phone lines for your calls this hour, and we're going to start a Twitter space in the second hour. So uh, we'll do that here momentarily. We're going to continue on the topic of illegal immigrants uh, murdering Americans on on a regular basis. Well, murdering raping, stealing, all sorts of other, you know, wonderful benefits that these new Americans have brought to our country. Obviously, a lot of this is kicked off because of the murder of Lake and Riley, just the latest in a series of young women out jogging, being scooped up and murdered by people brought into our country by democratic policy. The Democrats are very concerned. They don't want you associating the murder with the person who did the murder. 
not – I mean obviously it's because they don't want you knowing about the failure of their policies. They don't want to point out the horrific, just – I mean absolutely heartbreaking consequences of everything they do. But Donald Trump is rubbing it in their face. He came out with this ad, clip number eight, President Trump ad focused on Lake and Riley's murder. Let's watch. Following some breaking news out of Athens, Georgia. Two colleges have canceled classes today as police look for a murderer. Lake and Riley was described as a shining light. The dean's List nursing student. Police arrested 26-year-old Jose Antonio Andrade. Ibarra crossed into Texas illegally back in September of 2022, then was released into the United States on parole. We're confident this border is secure. We have a secure border. We agree that uh, the border is secure. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. The border is closed. The border is secure. We have taken unprecedented action. Look, the border is not open. Fox News can now confirm that Jose Antonio Barra was busted last year in New York City. But ICE didn't even have time to put in a detainer on him because, hey, he was already back out on the streets. You're not safe in Joe Biden's America. Again, not politicizing a non-political event, but pointing out the consequences of political choices that are made. They don't want to talk about Lake and Riley. We don't have to. We got plenty of other examples. All these stories from today. All of these stories I found in the headlines today. Okay. Venezuelan migrant who entered U.S. illegally charged with raping teen girl in Virginia. He had been stopped and was released at the border five months ago and has now been charged with sexually assaulting a 14 year old. That's Renzo Mendez Monte- uh, Mendoza Montez. Salvadorian illegal ordered deported in 2022 has been arrested for the murder of a two-year-old in a Maryland sanctuary county. Uh, this person, I don't see his name, but uh, we can see his face. And that isn't that isn't that somebody you want to call neighbor? Honduran illegal arrested for raping 14-year-old at knife point, stabbing man during robbery in Louisiana. An illegal immigrant from Honduras has been apprehended following multiple violent crimes in Louisiana this month. They announced the arrest of Angel Matias Castanelos Orellana, 19. He was arrested and charged with first-degree rape, armed robbery, aggravated battery, and aggravated assault in relation to two separate incidents. He, of course, was let into the country as well. Illegal alien arrested for rape in conservative Florida town. Uh, Authorities announced this week the arrest of an illegal alien suspected of raping a woman at a hotel in Florida this week. It happened in Inglewood, a conservative town located in Charlotte County on the Gulf Coast. And just after 9 p.m., they received a woman a call from a woman who said she'd been raped. She was talking to a man before she inviting her uh, to her room for drinks. According to the victim, it was that, that, that it was at that time the suspect pushed her onto bed and forced himself on her without a contraceptive. The suspect fled, uh, and he's now been arrested, an illegal alien, again, led into the country on purpose. ICE arrests Guatemalan illegal immigrant convicted of sexually assaulting a child in Boston. 34-year-old Guatemalan national was arrested in Glock. Uh, Gloucester, Mass. On February 21st, who'd been convicted of indecent assault and battery on a minor under 14. He had been released by the court despite conviction and enforcement removal operations, having filed an immigration detainer. So, hey, you know, illegal immigrants, we got to deal with them. And the uh, dozens of murders and rapes they're committing. Small price to pay. Have I mentioned the tacos? Let's go back to why. 
You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I don't really know how to make it catchy, but honestly, the best argument for being a right winger these days is that it's normal, is that everything we believe is just very normal. Everything we believe has just been normal for millennia, literally. And we oppose the wholesale, completely purposeless abandonment of our oldest and most sacred traditions. They can't explain exactly why we need to abandon these things other than that they are traditional. And traditional might not be the right word because that, that, that seems to impart the idea that the things that we're doing is because it's a tradition, right? Traditions you sort of do even if you don't understand the meaning of it. Germans hide pickles on their Christmas tree. Why? It's a tradition. I don't know. There's no reason to it. You just sort of do it. The things we're talking about aren't traditional in the sense that we do them because we just do them and that's what we do and it's a tradition we do them because they have been proven over thousands of years of trial and error across billions of human beings to be the best possible way to do things there's a reason that you have marriages that last for life it's because it's the best possible way to raise children and to organize a society because what's happening now is marriage is becoming abandoned and sex is becoming like a weapon in the culture war is you have a very few number of men with a lot of girlfriends and a huge amount of men who have no hope of getting married ever. And it's a big problem because then you've got disunity and unbalance and chaos where it used to be that everybody would be planning and and desiring to get married, you know, by the time they were in their late twenties. And so even if you were like, it just, it just worked better. Everybody was looking for a, companion and they typically found one and would be happy and and have children and raise those children in healthy families it's because it works because these we have these traditions because they are necessary for the flourishing of humanity itself another one of these things would be protecting your border it was it's not because of tradition it's not like we don't understand why we protect the border we protect the border we should protect the border like every state in the history of states because it's the best way to manage your society. All of these things are just inherently good and necessary. If you want to change them, you know, you, there's wiggle room. You don't have to, you know, enforce marriage contracts by the state, right? Like it used to be in the 30s. You'd have people arrested for um, adultery. We don't have to go back that far. Maybe we should. Maybe there's something to that. We can look into it. But what's happening now is that there's just a total disintegration of all of these things, a total dismantling of these things on purpose by leftist activists for the sake of dismantling things. Again, it's sort of a foreign projection where they go, you just do this because you're just how you're used to doing it. You're not enlightened and free thinking. When in reality, it's like, no, this is just the best way to do things, actually, and it's been proven by a thousand years of human history or more. But when it comes to them, they do just have – they have no reason to dismantle these things. They have no reason to dismantle marriage or the concept of gender or borders or crime and punishment. Sure, does the 
legal system need some reform? It probably does. Do we need to just get rid of the concept of justice? No, no, we don't. We just want to be normal. We just want things to be normal. And if it's not working correctly, we can make little changes, but you don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't just send your car to a, a crusher machine because the oil light is on. This is insane what you're doing. So again, I don't know how to, you know, we don't have the benefit of the leftists where they can dress up their cultural Marxism in like catchy catchphrases that convince people of things because that is their number one skill. That is their number one skill is taking extremely complicated, convoluted and intricate issues and just boiling it down to one phrase, saying that one phrase over and over and abolishing the possibility of further discussion. That's what they do. That's what they're very, very good at. So I don't know what our catchphrase needs to be, but just like we just want to be normal. We just want to be normal. We just want things to be normal. We want our government to be normal. We want to be able to work and get paid for that work and then use the money to buy food and just go about our business. This is all we want. That's all we've ever wanted. And this is obvious because as late as 10 years ago, everything that conservatives push was really believed by everybody. It was, it was believed by everybody. Let me show you clips of uh, Barack Obama opposing gay marriage while he was running for re-election in 2012. I mean, that's, that was normal. That was all normal back then. It was very normal to understand that marriage was an institution between a mother and a child and everybody in America believed that. How we've gone so far off the reservation is because of deliberate propaganda forcing us in that direction with very sophisticated psychological programming taking advantage of our vulnerabilities as humans. So all this is to say that when it comes to immigration, what we believe about immigration is not only not radical, it's not offensive, it's not racist, it's not any of the pejoratives that they want to fling at us. It is literally the baseline normal concept for all of human history up to and including the 2010s. But in this case, we'll go back to 1995. Look at clip number 10 here. Here's a speech Bill Clinton gave about illegal immigration. Oh, 20, 30 years ago. Let's watch. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The job they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. 
got everybody in the chamber standing up. Every single person agreeing with him completely because what he's saying is very normal, very normal, very logical, very obvious. How we've gotten so far off the reservation, who's to say? All I know is we got to get back. We got to get back to some sense of normalcy. How we dress that up to make it appealing in a democracy, I, I don't know. I don't know because it's not working. It's not. We're just pointing out the obvious is failing. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know where we go with this, but we got to do something. Now, we're going to open up the phone lines for your calls this hour. We're going to open up a Twitter space in the second hour. So if you call in now, you you won't be on hold very long. So we're only going to take calls for this hour, and then we'll clear the phone lines so people aren't sitting on hold while we go to spaces. So if you do want to call in, call in now. We'll take your call in this segment as well as the next two. 1-877-789-2539. Give us a call now here on the American Journal. Now, talk a little bit about Israel at the beginning of the show, but let's get back into it, shall we? I know it's everyone's favorite topic the horror show going on in Gaza, as well as the surrounding cultural and and political conflicts bubbling out from there. We'll go first uh, just to just show you how complicated this issue really is. Clip number five, here are Israeli activists in Israel in Tel Aviv gathering to protest their government's treatment of Gazans. It's, you know it's a sorry state. You know the world's in a sorry state when you've got Jewish Israelis being so horribly anti-Semitic. Let's go to clip number five. Uh, we're here uh, in a solidarity demonstration, in a demonstration to tragically commemorate 30,000 casualties in Gaza. Generally, it's uh, out of sight and out of mind for many, many Israelis. Uh, there's a drastic process of dehumanization of uh, Palestinians, specifically in Gaza. I'm here to call for ceasefire and to the end of the bombings in the, in the Gaza Strip. Uh, I feel that there's nothing that justifies this uh, uh, vast killing of innocent people. Um, and I think it doesn't help anyone. It's not going to bring security to us, to the region. It's not going to bring the hostages back. It's just senseless killing, and soldiers are being killed as well, and we call for the end of all this madness. So you go, protesters in Tel Aviv, and, and these protests have been going on since it began, which is why we don't uh, condemn everybody of an ethnicity or even of a nationality, because these are the people... Like, I, I wish there were more of them because this is, this is what we need. We need the Israeli people standing up and, and rejecting this for the sake of the people in Gaza, but also for their own sake as Israel's reputation overseas is being utterly decimated and, and continues to be after five months of this relentless and sickening attack. We, we, we need more people like that speaking up against what Israel's doing from within Israel, but they're working to make that illegal by the way in israel and it's just bizarre isn't it that you've got like who's for the war in gaza and who's against it the people against it are all the western leaders for israel and hamas try to pin down terms of the draft agreement 
The framework for a halt to fighting was drawn up in Paris in meetings from envoys from Qatar, the U.S., and Egypt, and it's now been presented to Hamas. It envisions a 40-day break in fighting during the Muslim holiday, uh, holy month of uh, Ramadan, which will start around to the 10th of March. Israeli hostages would be released in exchange for Palestinian prisoners and an increase of aid supplies to Gaza, as well as equipment and fuel to start rebuilding. Palestinian women, children, and elderly people will be allowed to return to the north of the Strip. One reason for Biden's optimism may have been Israel's reported agreement to release high-profile Palestinian prisoners convicted of major terrorism charges as part of the deal under a U.S. proposal. Fifteen of these prisoners would be exchanged for five female Israeli soldiers, the New York Times reported. These releases could face heavy, heavy scrutiny in Israel, but the Prime Minister Netanyahu is under heavy domestic pressure to do more to secure the release of hostages, which may nudge him towards a compromise. Hamas leaders, too, appear to be softening their stance. After a first ceasefire and hostage release deal collapsed at the start of December, the group has repeatedly said it would release the remaining hostages only as a part of a permanent truce. And there's some other issues with this deal. Uh, you know, basically, one of the main issues is that Israel, the demands Israel has made, and they basically said that they will not allow a Palestinian they certainly will not allow a Palestinian state. They don't want a two-state solution, which seems like an obvious and, and necessary solution to this, that they're refusing. They've also said that, like, not only do they want to destroy Hamas, but they don't want to be replaced with anything. So Hamas is the elected government of Palestine, and if it's destroyed and, and kicked out, then you need some other institution to control it. But Israel's basically said, no, no, we'll control Gaza from now on. So that... It's probably not something that Hamas or any Palestinians will accept. So while the uh, ceasefire deal draft is moving forward, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Now, the U.S. is really stepping up its opposition, really putting its foot down here. U.S. wants Israel to sign a letter that it won't break international law with weapons use. (laughs) You know, this headline, it kind of... Destroys the whole idea of international law, doesn't it? When you've got, <laughs> you've got to try to compel a country to sign a letter promising not to break the international law, what's the point of the law, I wonder? If it's international law that they're breaking, shouldn't that in and of itself necessitate punishment? I don't know. You would think that's what the international law is there for, but it's not working. So what would a letter do, I wonder? U.S. wants Israel to sign a letter it won't break international law with its weapon use. Because it has been. Because it has been for a while, it it continuously and and sort of habitually breaks international law by using white phosphorus or bombing healthcare centers or deliberately bombing children and, and women. I mean, they keep breaking the rules of our international rules based order. And nothing happens, meaning that the international rules-based order isn't actually a thing. It doesn't actually exist. Uh, But now we'll make them sign a letter. Well, that'll show them. That'll teach them not to break the law. Okay. The Biden administration gave Israel until mid-March to sign a letter provided by the U.S. on Tuesday that gives assurances that it will abide by international law while using U.S. weapons and allow humanitarian aid into Gaza, three U.S. and Israeli officials told Axios. I want to get them to sign a letter saying they'll stop breaking international law, i.e. committing war crimes. We're just, we're just begging them to sign a letter promising to try really hard 
not to commit brutal and horrific war crimes, killing tens of thousands of innocent civilians. Hmm. I wonder if they'll sign the letter. Now, people in Gaza and, and, and Palestine are, are not in favor of the newly announced potential ceasefire deal. Gaza ceasefire talks of imminent deal as psychological warfare, they say. With each passing day, the situation in Gaza Strip deteriorates farther at a humanitarian and political level. It's an open secret that negotiations between Hamas and the Israeli government have hit a deadlock, lacking momentum needed for a significant breakthrough since the conclusion of their last agreement. This impasse underscores the complex challenges faced by Hamas, which is classified as a terrorist organization in the UK and other countries, in securing its demands from Israel. Hamas often initiates operations that aim to bring Israel to the negotiating table in the hope that it, it could lead to concessions. This is partly because of the long-standing stalemate in Palestinian political arena, combined with the fluctuating stance of successive Israeli leaders towards Hamas's governance of Gaza. Propelled by concerns over the security, societal, and political costs of such exchanges, the law empowered judges to prevent the release of prisoners convicted of severe crimes. This shift came uh, amid internal debate over the Shalit exchange, which pitted security imperatives against the moral obligation to recover captives. Uh, so basically, Hamas and, and Palestinians are uh, not so much in favor of a temporary ceasefire as uh, they're demanding uh, to not be kept as open-air prisoners in their own land forever anymore. So that might not work so well. Now we're going to talk about uh, anti-Semitism as you've got very, for me, concerning headlines like this from Jerusalem Post. Anti-Semitism must be criminalized before it's too late. Before it's too late, we've got to stop all this free speech taking place. We've got to stop people saying things before it's too late. Since the October 7th brutal and reprehensible massacre of Israeli and foreign civilians on the take, in the taking of hostages, the world is witnessing an unprecedented resurgence, resurgence of pure anti-Semitism. I think you've left out something that happened in between these two things. I know it's probably a mistake, uh, but, but there is a thing or two that have occurred between the October 7th attack, which everybody condemned and everybody found horrible. We all saw the videos and were horrified on the day it happened. So there was that, and then there was a rise in anti-Semitism. There's something that took place in between those things that is the ruthless and genocidal killing of tens of thousands of civilians in Gaza. Might want to take that into account. If it was me, I would. They say, tragically, from, the, from time immemorial, genocidal anti-Semitism has figured as a major reoccurring phenomenon. It has caused the brutal mass murder of millions of Jews and has generated death and suffering through massacres, pogroms, inquisitions, lynching, torture, enslavement, and property confiscation, to mention but a few of its evils. Since the October 7th brutal Hamas terrorist incursion into Israel and the reprehensible massacre, the world is witnessing an unprecedented and utterly dangerous resurgence of pure anti-Semitism. Which, as we know, legally, and at the request of the Zionist organizations, Zionism, anti-Zionism is to be considered anti-Semitism. And if you oppose the wholesale massacre of innocent civilians in Gaza... You're anti-Zionist. We have explained this, this chain of causality before. So why not acknowledge that? Why not go, hey, our actions are causing a lot of anti-Semitism around the world. Gee, our 
really abrasive and, and contemptible behavior in Gaza. It's causing a lot of people to not like all of us, even though some of us, most of us don't have anything to do with it. It's bad for everybody that this continue. That's not the concern. The concern is that people are, are talking about it and that they're denouncing it. And that now the blame for it is being spread to Jews all over the world. I want to stop the killing of innocents. These people want to stop you talking about it. That's a big difference. We'll get into how this is being put into place. Because, by the way, he's not talking about being criminal. I mean, this is from the Jerusalem Post. He's not talking about condemning and criminalizing anti-Semitism in Jerusalem or Israel. He's talking about doing it everywhere else, places like Europe and America. And that's happening. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard how amazing turmeric is for inflammation, for your joints, your bones, your blood, your organs, your mind, everything. Well, we have Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula with 95% curcuminoid extract. No one that we know of has it even above 85%. This is the strongest formula on the market, and it's way lower price than some of the top brands out there that are 75%, 80% humanoid. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula is amazing. You're missing out if you don't try it. It's discounted right now, 40% off InfoWarsTore.com, and it funds the InfoWar, a total 360 win. You owe it to yourself to try Bodies. I know you'll be amazed. Get yours right now at InfoWarsTore.com or call toll-free 888-253-3139. Bodies, 95% humanoid extract will absolutely blow you away. All you got to do is try it. Get yours now. Infowarsstore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. We'll go out to your phone calls shortly. As, as we are a free speech outlet, understanding the principle of free speech and appreciating that the discomfort one might feel at having to hear something they disagree with or even to be criticized personally or as part of a large group is a very small price to pay for the freedom of having a vibrant, open, and expansive marketplace of ideas where nobody is afraid to express anything, even if it's wrong, has to be discussed to figure out whether it's wrong. To get to the best idea, you might have to go through some bad ones first. We recognize the principle of free speech is not to be violated even, and almost especially, when it offends groups in power. That's the point of it. We seem to have lost that understanding in this country and around the world, whether they ever had it or not. But we continue to promote it and understand it and fully embrace it, meaning that while we can rail and argue against and you know f- fight against some of the more despicable things being said in America today, specifically about white people or Christians or, or boys, like all these things are, are awful. But we understand what is significantly more awful is having the government decide what is and is not acceptable speech. That's beyond the pale. So we'll 
fight against, we'll mock and argue and discredit the ideas that we disagree with, but we won't surrender our freedom to avoid the annoying people saying the dumb things. It's our responsibility to push this forward because we are rapidly and increasingly losing this capability here in the West, the only place it exists. Here in America, the only place it's been built into our constitution and codified in law, but elsewhere in the Western world where it's still, despite being more restrictive than America, it's still the concept of free speech forms a basis and a foundational principle of the way our countries work. This is all at risk. And one of the biggest threats to it come under the guise of fighting anti-Semitism. Jerusalem Post, again, has this article, anti-Semitism must be criminalized before it's too late. Long story short, this article is advocating an international body and collection of organizations and governments working together to silence any criticism of the Jewish people, their behavior, their actions, again, individually or as a group. It doesn't matter. They want you tried and punished for your opposition. Now, as a Christian and as an American, as as somebody who appreciates and utilizes my free speech to oppose things like genocide happening in Gaza, uh, I am against this completely and would also be horrified and outraged if there was a church with this type of power to actually suggest this and have some possibility of it coming to fruition. As we've discussed on the show before, if you've got the state arresting and charging people for expressing opposition to a religious group or religious idea, that's a blasphemy law. That means you live in a government run by a religion. It means your, your government is serving the religion as an enforcement arm. It means you live in a theocracy. So they want a global theocracy under which criticism of Jewish individuals, their actions, or the religion itself is punishable by law that will supersede even national laws and restrictions like the First Amendment. So they say, in addition to the present outbreak of anti-Semitism, encompasses large groups of incited Muslims and other citizens residing in North America and European towns and cities, as well as regular citizens influenced and incited by hateful social media campaign. That's not true. It's from the videos that we're seeing from Gaza. It's the things that are happening that are outraging people, not a mind control campaign taking place. It's just the natural reaction to horrible um, behavior. But they go on to say, you know, these these people that are anti-Semites now because of what Israel is doing uh, to Gaza, they've been swayed by a massive propaganda campaign. Well, it's one you've produced then. I mean, if Israel is being confronted with a massive propaganda campaign, stop giving them things to talk about. Okay. However, they say the international community as a whole has never considered criminalizing anti-Semitism in a manner similar, similar to the criminalization of other odious phenomenon, such as genocide, racial discrimination, piracy, hostage-taking, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and terrorism. Well, I think the reason is because 
outside of racial discrimination, all of these things are horrible crimes with victims. This is when you kill people or mostly kill people or steal things or dominate things. So these are actual crimes. That's why they've been criminalized. Being anti-Semitic is not a crime, which is why it hasn't. Hope I cleared that up for you. The international community, it goes on to say, has recently become open to the concept of extending universal criminal jurisdiction. But let's just be clear. He is literally associating being anti-Jewish with genocide and war crimes. That's insane. That's completely insane. Just so we're clear. The international community has recently become open to the concept of extending universal criminal jurisdiction in order to counter impunity through the establishment of temporary international criminal tribunals to deal with the atrocities committed in specific regional conflicts. So kind of like how we had the Nuremberg trials. They want that, but for people who question Israel, I guess. What they're calling for is an international community and Jewish communities to draft an international convention on the prevention and punishment of the crime of anti-Semitism – For adoption by the United Nations, the premise of this convention is that any manifestation of anti-Semitism that involves, results in, or is intended to result in violence should be universally criminalized and its perpetrators tried and punished. The crime of anti-Semitism, the crime of disagreeing with Jews. That's all it is, really, at the end of the day. That's the claims they make. You say, hey, this George Soros guy sure is a scumbag. That's anti-Semitism. So that'll be a crime under this rule, and it'll be uh, a administrated punishment for this crime by the UN or by an international uh, criminal organization uh, court of some sort that will supersede the powers of states to protect their citizens. States would be required to criminalize anti-Semitism in their own domestic legislation and to cooperate and exchange information on perpetrators on action taken to prosecute and extradite them. The draft calls for the formation of national and international education programs to combat anti-Semitism, as well as the establishment of an international anti-Semitism monitoring forum for coordinating actions by states and international organizations. So they're literally calling for an international you know court administered by the un but also demanding actions from national governments to silence any opposition to the nation state of israel or individual uh, jewish people basically jewish people will be an unquestionable class a caste above the rest of us that should they do something like kill a bunch of children to criticize or question that will be considered equal to and deserving of punishment, just like a war crime or genocide or piracy, apparently. Meanwhile, U.S. is leading global alliance to counter foreign government disinformation, so the infrastructure to carry this out is already being built by the U.S., the U.K., Canada coming together, a coalition of democracies uh, being uh, formed to protect their societies from disinformation campaigns, So this will be the infrastructure that will turn into the enforcement mechanism for making criticism of Jews illegal. Uh, And, of course, we've covered yesterday the Canadian law that says hate speech, i.e. anti-Semitism, in and of itself will be charged as a hate crime and could result in a life imprisonment. So what they're working on is internationally a total, absolute destruction of free speech in totality, placing Jewish people above everybody else. And if I had to guess, the the major outcome of that article will be, if anything, an increase in anti-Semitism. So well done. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media. 
by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars is listener-supported, and we appreciate your donations. But buy a product and support your health, too. The curcuminoids in turmeric is one of nature's most powerful and beneficial medicines. Raw turmeric root contains about 5% of this incredible medicine. But our bodies has been formulated to contain over 95%. This makes bodies one of the most powerful natural antioxidants in the world. Combined with other natural herbs, bodies will help improve mobility, flexibility, and immunity. Get some today, now 40% off. Support your health and support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. Putting those listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, uh, I meant to go off the phone calls last segment, but I, I really felt like that story needed to be told. Uh, so now we go directly out to your calls. Gerald in North Carolina uh, has some breaking news. I haven't seen reported anywhere. Uh, Gerald, you're on the air. Thanks for calling in. What's going on here? Oh, hey, Harrison. Yeah, it just broke on, uh, I saw it on Fox, that Biden is making an uh, unannounced trip to Walter Reed. It says for his annual physical. But we all know from a few years back when he first became president, he said, hey, I'll just get to the end here and fake an illness and then hand it off to Kamala. So with everything that. that we've been speculating, this looks like this may be the moment where he's ready to, you know, finally say, oh, gosh, guys, I just can't go on. Move over to Kamala. And then... Ah, sorry, dude, I'm out of breath, because we've been talking about this for so while, so it's kind of like, here here it goes, you know? Um, and then I want to add this, what, what sparked in my mind was uh, all the deaths of, I guess you could call them bad guys, that mm-hmm. we've had. So we just had Jacob Rothschild dead. Right before that, we had Kissinger die. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Charles went in for prostate surgery, as did Lloyd Austin, who we still haven't heard from. Mm-hmm. Um, George Soros transferred the power over to Alexander. Uh, Queen Elizabeth died just prior to that. And then, you know, I could name a hundred famous people that have been dropping dead. So a lot of weird stuff going on. I just wanted to shoot that out there to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we, we hadn't seen this. So here's a story from Fox News. Biden revealed Wednesday he's making an unannounced trip to Walter Reed, a national medical center for a physical exam. He's undergone yearly physical examination since the beginning of his turn in line with every other commander in chief. The hospital is used by all presidents for routine medical care and examinations located in Bethesda, Maryland. Earlier this month, said that his physician, D- 
does not believe a cognitive test is necessary. She said O'Connor believes Biden proves his cognitive ability every day and how he operates and how he thinks. Well, ironically, very true. Very true. So what's what's disconnecting here, what's not lining up for me is why a yearly physical would be unannounced or unplanned. That seems to right. contradict the idea of a yearly planned yeah. physical. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep an eye on this. Thank you very much uh, for that update, Gerald. Yeah, just broke minutes ago, so we'll keep an eye on it. Let's go to uh, Jennifer in Georgia now, uh, illegal murderer uh, that we covered the other day and, and again touched on uh, this morning. Thanks for calling in, Jennifer. You're on the air. Hey, Harrison. Um, so I just wanted to let you know that I live in the metro Atlanta area. I live about 20 minutes from Athens. Um, I go there often just for necessities, but I follow, um, local police report and mugshot, uh, pages on Facebook where I saw that they arrested the brother of the murderer in the Lakin case. Um, his name is Diego Ibera. I might be mispronouncing that, but, uh, yeah, he was just arrested as well for having fraudulent, uh, green cards. And, you know, I mean, I, it's a little, I can get a little black pill sometimes, especially when I'm reading the police report. Cause toward the end, it says the case is being investigated by Homeland Security with critical assistance from FBI, GBI, Athens, Clark County Police Department, University of Georgia Police Department and Clark County Sheriff's Office. And when I think about all these people coming together to try to investigate the crimes, you know, I, I, I almost feel like nothing is really going to be done. But I will say, as liberal as Athens is, um, it kind of brings me hope that people are starting to wake up to what's going on because everyone in the comment section, except for maybe like two ignorant people, are blaming Biden. And that just warms my heart, as crazy as that may sound, you know, because it's like everyone sees what's going on. So yeah, absolutely. It's, I really hope they do something with these guys. And, and I hope that they do something about, obviously, the, the migration issue as a whole, because it's really not migration. It's, it's an invasion. And it's just, it's getting out of control. Like, yeah. Uh, no, it's, I feel for the families who are being victimized by them. Hundred percent, absolutely. They're victims of their own government, and yeah, as you point out, it's like you've got nine different police, you know, outlets going after this guy and his brother, right? A whole f- family of uh, criminals there. And you just think about all the resources, and all the time, and all the money, and all the other crimes that could be looked into. All of the backlogs of you know, rape kits that don't ever get tested and, and crimes that have to be, you know, criminals have to be let out because, uh, you know, they have to strike a plea deal because they're trying to clear the backlog of all that. It's like we, and, and what people say, the only real argument that the left has to this is like, you can't blame illegal immigrants because Americans commit crimes too. And it's like, yeah, but that's Americans. You don't need to bring in more criminals to take up more resources, distracting and depriving police departments of putting those resources towards dealing with the criminals that we have. So not only are you importing extra criminals, all that means is the resources that would go to catch American criminals is being diverted and wasted dealing with the problem that shouldn't be here in the first place should never have been allowed to happen ever. 
Thank you for that call, Jennifer. I do pray that people can wake up at some point, and I hope it doesn't take their family members being raped or murdered for them to wake up. Hopefully they can have some empathy for the people that do have to suffer through that sort of stuff. Let's go down to Tony in Texas. Tony in Texas has an idea of how to uh, guard the border. Thanks for calling in. Tony, you're on the air. Yeah, I've been doing some research on the effect of banana beer on chimpanzees. And what I found out is when chimpanzees get their little monkey hands on banana beer, they get throwed off, break really bad on you, and they monkey stomp the snot out of everything, right? So I got a plan. We, we line these uh, chimpanzees all the way up and down the border, load them up on banana beer. So when the illegals come down to the border and they're looking across the river and they see a bunch of chimpanzees jumping up and down drinking banana beer, well, the illegals are thinking to themselves, there ain't nothing in America worth getting monkey stomped over, and they'll turn around and go home. And believe me, that would work because you do not ever want to be monkey stomped. I think it's brilliant. I think if you can make it through the gauntlet of drunken chimpanzees, you deserve to be an American citizen. I think that's a great test. If you can take on the gauntlet of the drunken monkey warriors, uh, that's the way you earn your your citizenship. I say skip the line, uh, give them give them the green card, stamp a monkey face on it, just so they know that you have uh, proven your worth before getting here. Drunken monkeys, maybe throwing some alligators in there. We can get some well, hippos on the border as well. I'm, I'm loving it, Tony. I think this is brilliant. Well, you know, you know, no, no alligators. Here's what we need to do is we need to change the uh, uh, Rio Grande to the new Nile. Throw some crocodiles in there. Because, mm-hmm. see, alligators are just giant weenies compared to a crocodile. <laughs> I've swam with alligators, but you ain't going to swim with no crocodile, Jack. All right, my my mistake. We need Egyptian cro- Nile crocodiles and uh, drunken chimpanzees. Look, exactly. It's better than whatever we're doing now. I'll tell you that. Uh, thank you very, thank you very much for the call, Tony. That was a uh, a breath of fresh air. Uh, let's go quickly to uh, Clown Car. Clown Car is in New York at a Gaza protest in City Hall. Clown Car, thanks for calling in. You're on the air. What's the uh, atmosphere like there at the uh, Gaza? protest at city hall in new york well harrison it's looking a little wild you know you got a bunch of these uh remember those shirts that they wore when they did the insurrection the the gaza what does it say uh free gaza and stuff on the shirt he's fire yeah they're all out here in front of city hall uh causing a ruckus causing traffic the triple parking cars nobody can drive but it basically you know shut down the city at this point well what's the uh What's what's the composition? Is this a, is this a bunch of Palestinians protesting? College students, uh, leftists, liberals, right wingers? Who, who's at the Gaza protest? As far as you can tell, between the the goblins, the purple pink hair, the, you got everybody. You got a, a, a plethora of uh, of colors and and probably race and creed. But most likely, I think what we need to do is uh, worry about America. Mm. Okay, stop worrying about every other country. Stop making it a, a, a focal point. Let's worry about what's going on in this country now. And I got to salute BS Assassin, my brother Joe, you get two every day, Matt, Vinny, John, whoever you call it as, you're killing it, brother. Well, thank you for that, uh, Clown Car. Uh, stay safe in the goblin <laughs> with the goblin protest. <laughs> There's a horde of goblins at City Hall in New York City right now. Uh, folks, we're going to go to commercial break here. We're going to take a few more of your calls on the other side since I 
didn't go to them earlier. So we'll go to your calls uh, for the first five minutes, maybe into the second segment. We're going to start the Twitter spaces and bring people on from then. We still have a lot of other topics to get to that, that I haven't even touched on yet, including things uh, having to do with AI. And we'll, we'll talk about what Google is doing to combat its $70 billion collapse on the stock market as a result of its deliberate policy of white erasure with the uh, Gemini AI. I do want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com. It's the only way that we can support ourselves, that we are supported. Water filters, air filters, bodies, 40% off, nitric boost, 40% off, turbo force, winter sun plus, all of those 40% off and selling out fast. Go to InfoWarsStore.com. Keep us on the air. Keep yourself healthy. It's a th- true 360 win. InfoWarsStore.com. We will continue to fight the globalists with everything we've got. All that we ask is that you support our mission and buy war bonds in the fight for humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist, and people can't identify who's a patron and who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the info war and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy, and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776 shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com and get your Team Humanity InfoWars limited edition shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is antithetical, the complete opposite of what the globalists are pushing. So get both the Team Humanity and the 1776 Gadsden Snake shirts limited edition at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Spread the word, meet like-minded people, and fund the 1776 revolution worldwide. (laughs) 